Imagine you're an environmentalist fresh out of school and you've just landed your first opportunity in the corporate world. You're excited and eager to take on the challenges ahead of you. The only problem is, instead of saving the world and finding new ways to make a difference, you're looking at spreadsheets for hours. Welcome to the world of greenhouse gas accounting, or at least the old world. On this episode of IT Visionaries, we brought in two industry leaders who are making a difference in that world. Ari Alexander is the GM of Salesforce Sustainability Cloud, and Sheng Yun Su is a program manager for sustainability at Salesforce. They joined the show to discuss how Salesforce's sustainability cloud is changing the way environmentalists report emissions, why companies voluntarily report their carbon emissions, and how the private sector is being asked to lead the change for governments around the world. Enjoy this episode. This episode of IT Visionaries is part of a special series on sustainability. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Take climate action with a pre-built carbon accounting solution and gain insights into your greenhouse gas emissions. Learn more at salesforce.com slash solutions slash sustainability. Welcome to another episode of IT Visionaries. I'm Ian Faison, host of IT Visionaries. And we have two special guests. We got a roundtable action, digital roundtable coming at you. Ari, how's it going? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you, Ian? Doing great uh, amid all of the craziness. Um, hope everybody is is staying safe and uh, you know shelter in place wherever you're listening. Um, Sue, how are you? I'm good. Uh, how are you, Ian? Nice to meet you virtually today. And uh, you feel pleasure to join this call today and especially during this special timing and hopefully everyone is safe and healthy. We are super excited to talk about all things sustainability cloud at Salesforce today. It's, you know, more than ever, it is a, it is a perfect topic for uh, the current kind of day and age here. Um, So before we get into that, I want to ask first, how did both of you get into technology? So Ari, how about you? Well, I uh, actually got into technology when I was working in the federal government. Um, believe it or not, I, I saw a huge need to trace where federal dollars got spent out. And I found it was very difficult to get my arms around that information and found Salesforce as an opportunity to, to help tell that story inside a, a U.S. government agency. And that's what led me to the next chapter of my career. And Sue, what about you? Yeah, um, I am just a fan of technology and data in general. <laughs> I love doing mathematical, um, you know, work um, when I was in school and um, constantly solve problems using data. And prior to Salesforce, I led business analytics and reporting in a renewable energy finance um, company. And um, I applied technologies like big data, database management, et cetera, to optimize renewable energy generation financing structures. And um, those experiences made me realize that technologies could provide huge values for both environment and sustainability and business. Um, and well, it, it should play a key role of accelerating climate action. So I got super jazzed and excited about um, you know, this new role opening Salesforce. And um, I'm just super excited about Salesforce technology and also um, the potential that I could combine my skills of environmental science and um, my passion on technology in this role. 
So for those of our listeners who don't know, what is Sustainability Cloud? Okay, cool. So um, Sustainability Cloud is Salesforce's solution to help all of our customers uh, understand their carbon footprint and drive their climate action. So it's a pre-built solution on our platform designed specifically for that purpose for all of our customers. Great. And so what what types of folks are using this? Like what kind of companies are are trying to kind of figure out and solve this problem? Well, there are many thousands of companies in the world today um, that report voluntarily on their greenhouse gas emissions. Um, most of those folks do that um, in spreadsheets. And this is a process that's quite complex. Um, Sue knows this uh, personally, having done this on behalf of Salesforce for many years. Um, and so we're really targeting the product at people like Sue inside companies all over the world. Yeah, I think I'd like to add that it's not only companies, right? Um, you could imagine every entity like government or, uh, or every organization have uh, some sort of environmental impact. And um, so um, my vision on this initially was that every business or organization uh, could do could measure their environmental impact um, using this technology and this solution. Yeah, it's crazy to think about how much it's still done just like in spreadsheets that's not, you know, ready for the cloud that people can't take, you know, as many actionable insights and things like that. I, I, is, do you have any, like, I mean, I don't know if you have any data on this or estimates, but like how many people are still kind of using spreadsheets to track something that's, you know, obviously extremely important? Yeah, the, the vast majority, even of the Fortune 1000 companies in the world, are using spreadsheets to do their annual greenhouse gas inventory. And it really is remarkable because this is a time when that data that comes out of those processes has greater and greater visibility than ever before, right up to the C-suite, the board of advisors, the board of directors, you know, the, the employees, all of the stakeholders that a company is managing. And you're absolutely right. It's crazy for a data set like that, which really impacts investment decisions, impacts employee perspectives, customer perceptions of companies to, to be really in this uh, pre-internet era of technology. Um, and uh, it's quite shocking. And that's actually one of the reasons we decided to, to bring this product to the market um, because we felt like it was high time for investor grade data at scale for this environmental data. And to take a step back, like kind of what is the scope of the problem? I think, you know, a lot of times we see sustainability and it's almost like a loaded word, right? It's like there's so many things that go into building um, sustainable companies, you know, to have this kind of impact. Like what is kind of the scope of the problem that folks have right now? Yeah, you're absolutely right that sustainability is one of those words that can mean so many different things to so many different people. Um, the Sustainable Development Goals Framework uh, out of the United Nations itself uh, is a very large number of uh, different, though related, sustainability goals. Uh, our product is really focused on climate action and the adjacent sustainable development goals that relate to the environment, whether it's life on water, life on land, you know, infrastructure, renewable energy, etc. But it's really focused on climate action. There are many people that when they hear sustainability, they think either about more of the social dimension or even the governance dimension when people talk about ESG or environmental social governance reporting. Sustainability Cloud's really focused on, on the climate change, climate action part of that conversation. 
Yeah. And one of the things that you all have have shared publicly is kind of this idea of speeding carbon accounting from six months to six weeks, that sort of a thing. I mean, you just think of like the amount of time that it takes to create proper reporting and know what you have, uh, just like you would do with any other business process. It seems like just closing that gap is a massive like a massive need and requirement to say like, to figure out just like, where are we at? Like hit the tear button and say like, where are we at as a society on this thing that clearly we all need to be, you know, paying attention to? Yeah, definitely. Um, basically, a lot of companies are facing same challenges, right? Uh, usually the problems were, um, you know, we got a lot of unstructured data sets from multiple data sources, um, including some, you know, multiple emails with stakeholders, um, PDF files, um, you know, invoices or some random spreadsheets. So those are all time consuming um, pieces for users or um, sustainability professionals like me to consume and right, compile, in, compile the information um, into something tangible and structured and organized uh, to report out. And, um, and also there's no like streamlined processes or, you know, repeatable approaches to do it. So a lot of companies were, you know, are still in the, in the journey of figuring things out and um, build, build their own structured processes uh, or plans to manage those information. So definitely uh, when I was um, building out the solution or the first prototype of the solution, um, I was actively thinking about and what are those pain points that we need to address and what are the values that Salesforce technology or any technology could provide to be able to uh, make this process more trusted and more um, streamlined and more efficient. And definitely that this, those thinking process actually um, inspired me a lot um, on a lot of functions that we built to help shorten our timeline and inc improve the um, data quality. For example, um, we built some pretty great um, estimation or we call extrapolation uh, functions in the, in the cloud. And so basically, if some companies or business can't get data in any way, then we provide some really robust methodology, methodologies for them to use and uh, estimate their impact so that they can quickly get an insight on how big their environmental impact is and then be able to take actions immediately. Also, um, other great functions that we do to solve this problem are, you know, we build some dashboards, um, interactive dashboards to be able to um, aggregate those data points and provide insights on where companies or business could focus on to address their environmental issues. Also for our auditors, um, instead of, so prior to Sustainability Cloud, I have to send them, you know, a zip file, <laughs> including a lot of spreadsheets um, to provide those data to our uh, third-party auditors and to be able to complete our uh, audit project and disclose our environmental metrics in 10K financial filing. Uh, with Sustainability Cloud, uh, what I did is just simply provide them a login, right? Provide them some credentials so that they can just log into our cloud and, and do whatever they need to verify our data and uh, ask questions. So it's pretty interactive and really improved um, our process and increased the efficiency. So our audience of 
CIOs, CTOs, technology leaders are often looked to as, you know, the subject matter expert on all things technology. Uh, you know, the person who, as them, them in finance, uh, everybody is coming to them to say, hey, can can I buy this? Uh, in most cases, not all, but in, in most. I'm curious, like from the business side, from from the business unit perspective, and how that blends into technology, like where does the importance of having something like sustainability cloud matter? Because you talked about some of the, you know, regulations and things that you want to make sure that you can do. Obviously, you know, Sue, you, uh, you know, drink your own tea here in in the fact that you use it for Salesforce and also you use the product and you, um, and you talk about it. So I'm just curiously, like from, from a technology standpoint, as you know, the technology leaders are looking at things like this to help inform uh, their company. Like, what are those conversations like? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, for a long time, sustainability uh, was in a silo at a company, even when a company was a relative leader in their industry in sustainability. And what's happened in recent times, really in the last year or two, um, is sustainability has become a central strategic conversation at many, many companies across every industry. What that means is that we're often having conversations with CFOs, CIOs, CMOs that are interested in sustainability, what they should know, what this tool does, what it will enable for them. So for, for a CIO in particular, you know, Salesforce has worked for about 20 years to build relationships um, with CIOs, with IT directors to really uh, become partners in technology for all the transformative needs companies have had, whether it's around the move to social or mobile or AI. And now sustainability is becoming one of those macro trends that CIOs are trying to get their arms around. And Sustainability Cloud is a wonderful way for them to begin that journey as a partner to their sustainability team and to the overall conversation on environmental data taking place at the company. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I think that, you know, if you had asked CIOs 20 years ago, you know, what their role in the organization was, I would imagine that sustainability might have been last on the list. You know what I mean? Like in terms of of all of the things that they have to deal with and technology obviously shapes, you know, everything in business now and the power that someone like the IT leader has is just completely different than it ever it ever has been. And like you said, this is something that is at the cutting edge of what every company is thinking about. Like how do we become carbon neutral? How do we, you know, as whether it's building new buildings with, you know, lead certifications, all sorts of things like that, or, you know, supply chain and logistics, you know, with the philanthropy side of things, um, you know, and, and how they give back and do those. I mean, like, there's just so much that it, sustainability is at the forefront. Obviously, you know, climate change being a, an issue, you know, at the forefront as well. So it's something that I think IT probably never thought they had to deal with and kind of now they do. So what would be kind of the advice or, you know, best practices that you've seen in, from that perspective? Yeah, what's, what's particularly interesting right now is that the, the vast majority of the people that we're talking to about sustainability cloud around the world uh, at all of our customers, at potential new customers, 
those folks are actually new to Salesforce. In other words, the people in Sue's role at most companies are not Salesforce users. Um, sustainability leaders, sustainability analysts, and Salesforce users have a very thin overlap in the Venn diagram. Yeah. And what that means is that IT champions, that IT partners that have worked with Salesforce on many projects very far from sustainability become critical middlemen and women in the conversation between Salesforce and sustainability teams about driving climate action using technology. And that's a fascinating place for them to be because they have a tremendous amount of expertise, deep relationships in many cases in the technology world with Salesforce employees, with our partner ecosystem, and then their fellow employees and colleagues of sustainability professionals who may not have always had you know, the budget or the invitation to begin thinking about sustainability from an IT project management perspective. And so we're finding that really interesting dots are getting connected um, within companies driven by sustainability cloud because of this uh, evolving uh, strategy that really brings in folks from procurement, from travel, from IT, from sustainability, often with a, a C-level executive sponsor to think about how to, how to do this at a company. Yeah, totally agree. And I think Sustainability Cloud um, leverages the core competency of Salesforce technology. And um, it solves um, a lot of problems in environmental, environmental and sustainability world, and just like how Salesforce technology is meant to solve those business problems for our customers. Um, so we're, we're encouraging and recommending other companies, especially tech companies, to think about what are their core competency and how their technology could provide a lot of values for climate and for environment as well. I would also imagine that there's just tons of data that is not being leveraged in this entire transaction. Like if you're, if you're talking about the fact that, you know, sustainability folks who probably have not been trained extensively on technology and are using stuff like spreadsheets, that the amount of data that's being cross-shared, you know, in terms of like best practices and just like, you know, being able to throw something like machine learning or anything like that at the problem that you're just, if you don't have good data management around your sustainability information, then you're not really going to be able to take a lot of insights from that. Yeah, we found that a lot of sustainability teams have been outsourcing this problem for just that reason. Um, it's easier to pay a consultant to ballpark your environmental impact than it sometimes is to get your own systems to align and give you a complete view, given the complex data silos that so many companies uh, live in. And, and that's the day-to-day the -day of conversations between our customers and, and us at Salesforce. And we're now just applying that and focusing the particulars of that on how it relates to the, the data relevant for a company to do its carbon inventory. Yeah, that's really, that's really fascinating. And I think part of this too, there's an organizational change management piece to this, which is true with every type of technology adoption. If you're working with a group of people that historically are not using, you know, some sort of SaaS or, you know, cloud technology, um, there's probably some resistance to change. I, Sue, I'm curious, like, what do your peers say about this? Like, are, are there people on the fence? Are there people that are like, you know, this is the stupidest thing ever? Why are we, why do we need to, you know, do this sort of thing? Or is it kind of like, hey, wow, we finally have some, you know, 
data behind uh, what we've been talking about? Yeah, I think it totally depends on where the businesses or companies are in terms of their sustainability journey, right? Uh, as Ari previously mentioned, um, some companies just don't have enough budget or they have super limited budget for sustainability. So it makes sense for them to outsource or, you know, tackle this problem um, super quickly using Excel uh, spreadsheet. Um, but some um, climate leaders like Salesforce, we uh, think about reporting and think about transparency in a really strategic way. And um, thus, uh, using sustainability cloud and those advanced technologies um, definitely help us um, make our programs more, more mature and robust. And uh, I found very interesting, you know, in my peers that some companies actually switched to some technologies or software at the end or eventually they switched back again to Excel file um, you know, just because they wanted to do some quick calculation and they don't really um, see the value of some of the existing technologies um, in, in the market. So I think it's still in the, in the early stage uh, for companies to adopt those technologies. And um, as you know, currently is environment reporting and disclosure is still um, like companies should be um, volunteering to do those reporting. And it's not a mandate, um, but as um, regulation and standards become uh, more and more um, strict and with the climate change keeps evolving and keeps becoming more and more serious. And I think that the market or um, the peer companies may have different, different um, attitude or different position on this. Switching gears to the government side of things, you know, we're talking a lot about kind of the business side, but the implications for government is obviously a necessity and uh, our government um, can at times be a little tentative to use technology uh, to solve problems but it's it's pretty clear that you know the same level of adoption challenges might be present I'm curious like how does this all apply to governments what are governments thinking about um, and I know that you know, Companies like Salesforce and BlackRock and others are participating in, you know, things like, you know, Davos and all sorts of things, you know, summits to try to figure out how we can do a better job at this um, and help governments. But I'm curious, like, what does this look like in, in application to government? Yeah, I mean, I had the, the chance to, to represent Salesforce at, at COP25, the recent climate change conference in Madrid. And, you know, there were a lot of things about the experience that were in incredibly inspiring and, and fascinating. But one of the things that most shocked me was the degree to which the governments looked back at us and said, you know, the private sector needs to lead on this. Um, and, you know, I kind of came into to the event thinking, you know, we've got some tools that we're here to assist the governments with so that they can uh, have more transparency and more efficiency in their own carbon accounting because what scale matters more than each of the national governments. But for a variety of reasons, um, they actually find more hope in the private sector moving along faster in the collective carbon accounting of the major companies in the private sector. And so I just start there because it was 
um, sort of a humbling and surprising uh, takeaway for me from the conference in Madrid. One kind of specific point related to the Paris Accord is that, you know, in fact, countries aren't required even on an annual basis to report on their carbon emissions. There's something called the global stock take that's still a couple of years away, whereas many thousands of companies, including just about all the Fortune 1000, are annually reporting on our carbon footprints. And so, in a sense, there's relatively more maturity to this process in the private sector. Now, what does that mean for what the applicability or the support could look like? Well, we're actually in conversations with, with governments to identify what would be most helpful to them um, for us to be able to further evolve and adapt the tools uh, in sustainability cloud for their use cases. They're not tremendously different processes from a workflow and data model standpoint, but we want to be sure that as we build out in that direction, it's really going to meet the needs of, of, of national governments. As Sue mentioned um, previously, you know, at, at the more local level, you know, kind of cities and, and smaller uh, government jurisdictions, um, they may see, uh, you know, sustainability cloud as it exists today as as a, as a good fit for them because in many ways as large, you know, real estate uh, holders in major metropolitan areas, you know, their carbon footprint process would look very much like a, a major company in a city. Um, and they might see that use case as very similar to them as they roll up to kind of state and national records. That's wild. I mean, it makes sense when you think about it, you know, that business, you just have more flexibility in terms of like the leadership team and the board making a decision on it is a lot easier than, uh, you know, going through the political channels. So it makes sense, but it's wild that government leaders are like, like, hey, we, we need to look to, you know, to companies to be able to do that. You know, I think, and it, it kind of reminds me of, um, you know, we did, we did a podcast called Futurist Cities where we were looking at like how, you know, cities will change and building codes and all sorts of stuff like that. And how when, you know, a, a bunch of technology companies in the Bay Area, not specifically always here, but just, uh, you know, a bunch of the buildings that were made here, like Salesforce Tower, or, you know, Slack's new building or things like that, um, that it's a choice what kind of uh, sustainability rating you want, right? Like it's the builder's choice <laughs> to choose those things. Um, and so if the leadership team of your comp company says like, oh, we're just going to do it this way, like that's what you're going to do, you know? Um, so, I mean, again, it makes sense, but it is, it is a little crazy that, um, you know, that government leaders, you know, need to look to, to enterprise to figure that out. One other lesson that I, that I drew from, from the experience talking to governments about this from, from Salesforce's perspective that I found really interesting was that um, the, the transparency momentum that we're seeing in the private sector um, where companies are really being pushed by investors to shine more light on this data. Um, that same kind of transparency is extraordinarily fraught on the world stage of international climate diplomacy. So it would seem like what matters more than every citizen of every country knowing, you know, which countries have done their accounting to what extent they're on track with targets or even more ambitious targets, have a stack rank, if you will. But the reality is for the international organizations designated with the task of bringing every country in the world together to continue the process of climate negotiations, 
they actually find it extremely difficult to try to shine that kind of light or enforce behavior that shines that kind of transparency sort of scorecard, if you will, country to country, because they risk, you know, folks not participating anymore, not showing up. And so the, a lot of the tools and a lot of the movement behind more and more companies voluntarily disclosing and more and more companies having publicity around being a, a, a leader or a poor performer, um, that is really driving a lot of this momentum in the corporate climate space in ways that just simply haven't happened in international climate diplomacy because of some of those complex relationships. And I really didn't appreciate that myself personally until sort of hearing a lot of that feedback in Madrid recently. Yeah, that's super fascinating. It's definitely something that probably a lot of people don't realize. I, you know, I think it's just one of those uh, decisions too, where it's like a lot of this comes down to budget and what, you know, what we were talking about and, you know, even building out a sustainability team, figuring out what that looks like and, you know, businesses, you know, having to, you know, make the priority of like, what is, what do we want to focus on? How do we want to do this? How do we get the results? Like, do we need to, you know, build all those things? Um, I mean, it's a fascinating time. I mean, with, with a lot of the like lead certifications and things like that was, you just kind of have to like pay a little bit more to make sure that things are done the right way. But, you know, I think that, you know, a lot of the leaders that are at the forefront are like, there's no other way. It's not like you're paying more for something. It's that is the minimum standard and you need to meet it. You know what I mean? Um, and that's kind of a, an interesting, an interesting kind of like social dialogue on how to treat the problem. That's right. Yeah. The, the goalposts keep moving in the right direction. Um, and it really is largely driven by, by sort of peer pressure. Um, you know, whether it's like you say, the, the ever expanding um, green building kinds of categories and, and getting higher and higher levels of certification or whether it's, you know, the need to come out with a, with an ambitious 2050, 2040, 2030 kind of climate goal, even when your company may not have done the math yet on what it would mean or what it would take to get there. There's clearly this kind of pressure companies are feeling driven by investors, driven by consumer expectations, driven by employees. And that's, that's fantastic. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, the, the work uh, of reaching these goals, of, of, t of putting companies on this course, sort of starts with data, trusted data. And that's why we're having such interesting conversations across every industry with our customers now, because you sort of can't begin if you don't know where you are. And if you sort of know where you are, but it's very inefficiently done or not particularly high quality, it, you know, now is a good time to, to shore up that data set as, you know, there's greater and greater visibility to, to launch some of these key strategic objectives. Yeah, absolutely. And we talk to guests all the time that are working at like the cutting edge of, of, you know, big data and machine learning and things. And it's like, it's a, it's a travesty to not be collecting the data that we need to, because we're going to be able to leverage it to, for impact. Right. And like, that's part of the problem. It's like, if you're not even capturing it in the cloud, if it's sitting on other people's, you know, whatever, somewhere sneaking around in the back of their computer, like that's not helpful. And it brings me to something that I want to talk to you both about is, you know, this 1 trillion trees initiative, you know, obviously we want to, for all of our listeners, you know, check out the, we'll link it up in the show notes, check out the 1 trillion trees initiative, but this is like a perfect example of how you can leverage data, right? If we were just going to say, Hey, we're going to, you know, create this initiative to plant a trillion trees, like 
that's awesome. But without the data side of this, it's like we we don't, if we're not able to track and understand it, then it's like, you know, how do you get more and more and more initiatives like that off the ground? And like, that's part of the thing you have to show, you know, the proof and the business case and the, you know, the case of all these things. And we can, but we just have to capture the data. Yeah, thanks so much for pointing out the importance of, of one trillion trees, one t.org, um, an effort by the global community to, um, to help all of us uh, reach an incredibly important objective of trying to, to plant and uh, protect and conserve as many trees as possible. This is based on some really interesting research about the number of trees that once uh, uh, existed here on planet Earth and the number of trees that are, that there are today and the amount of space there is with the current you know spread of the population and what could be uh, protected and what could be planted and there's a you know an, a really active and interesting scientific debate about these questions in terms of the exact right number and exactly where but the notion of we can all focus on this regardless of our political persuasion, regardless of our industry, regardless of the country in which we live, um, a truly bipartisan and global effort, which is one part of this larger whole that just like companies are, are counting their carbon emissions, that here on the other side of the ledger of carbon sequestration is this incredible piece of technology, the tree that has always been around um, and that really does incredible work to offset uh, our carbon emissions. Um, they take time. They don't happen in year one of planting, so they need to be protected. They need to be nurtured. They need to be arranged as projects by people who know how to do this. But this 1T.org initiative is really trying to help all of that improve capacity and quality and breadth um, across the world with government commitments, company commitments. Um, we ourselves at Salesforce made a hundred million tree commitment. Um, many, many countries, many thousands of companies have stepped up and similarly made commitments in the months since it was launched at, at Davos. And so thanks for bringing attention to it. That's 1T.org. So Sue, I'm curious, you know, as I kind of mentioned earlier, you are the, you know, number one user of the product and also, you know, number one product tester. Um, so you're both, you know, customer and product side of this, uh, truly building something that for yourself, you know, which is always, always a good thing. I, I'm curious, like, what does this mean for sustainability cloud? Like, how do you go about iterating and developing, you know, this with all of the information and the knowledge that you've kind of built in your career to, to have something impactful for your peers? Yeah, and thanks for asking. I think uh, I always feel really lucky to be both customer number one and developer number one and tester number one because <laughs> uh, that gives me the, the privilege to like see both sides, right? And I, I see what a typical user needs to empower sustainability programs. Um, and how different technologies could help address those issues in our programs. So if you're really lucky to have the room to explore and build quick prototypes and test out in my real world programs and confirm the value of technology and identify the ways to improve. In the meantime, I think running those sustainability programs like reporting and setting uh, meaningful targets for companies and uh, stakeholder engagement, et cetera, so those programs also allow me to actively think about some process deficiencies um, and what are the common data issues or information gaps. 
So um, I can also be inspired um, constantly by managing those cutting edge programs. Really um, feel privileged and um, lucky to have those room in Salesforce to connect to those um, product experts and engineers and brainstorm and wisdom and um, inspire, get inspired about those ideas and so that we can make sustainability cloud um, applicable and valuable for, for broader um, customers and um, everyone in our ecosystem. I'm sure you do a fair amount of customer discovery with, uh, with you know, meet, meeting people at conferences and talking to your peers. I'm curious, is there anything that's has surprised you in terms of, you know, some of the feedback that you've gotten from peers? Yeah, I, I think uh, most of the feedback are I got um, either it's you know what's being really valuable for them or what's are what what are some constant changes. I think they're pretty aligned on. Um, I guess what I observed in, in Salesforce own programs. Yeah, I guess uh, one thing I observed is that um, some of them actually, like I mentioned before, some of them actually, after they use some of other technologies or other um, existing solutions in the market, um, they, they chose to switch back to Excel spreadsheets. And that, that actually the piece that really surprised me because um, as a first user of um, this solution or similar solution, I do see huge values um, to um, not only maintain some structured data set and drive actual insights using this data, but also to use technology and keep improving our programs. Right? So that's a piece that really surprised me. And I think there, there are some valuable work that that are needed uh, for Salesforce and um, technology companies to identify the you know good approach to help um, drive adoptions of use to use uh, those technology in those um, business use cases and um, more and more environmental programs. So you know, obviously, um, with the coronavirus and and the pandemic right now. Um, obviously super difficult to deal with uh, in a lot of ways. I'm just curious, like how are both of you looking at, you know, leading during tough times and some, you know, strategies that you're using to help connect with employees, help to connect with customers and, uh, and kind of, you know, facilitate some of the, you know, huge changes that are going on. Yeah, that's a really important question. Um, first, I'll say as a, as a Salesforce employee, I feel incredibly grateful to work at Salesforce during this crisis. The, the consistent messaging and modeling from you know, our CEO and our entire C-suite down uh, of taking care of ourselves, of taking care of our families, of flexibility, which I'm very grateful for having a, a two-year-old and a four-year-old here at, in a two-bedroom apartment when my wife and I are both working full-time. The, the kind of allowances, flexibility, and support have been incredible, and, and we've sensed that across the company. It's been quite a bonding time uh, with our customer conversations because we're all going through this together. Uh, we're often getting on calls and, and talking about really serious things together, how we're feeling, how our families are doing, um, how we might be feeling afraid. Um, and the, the link to talking about sustainability and sustainability cloud even for those interested in discussing it um, in these particular weeks is, is really a conversation about preparedness um, about crisis, about um, 
you know, what it looks like, what the stark differences are um, when people do and don't plan ahead uh, in various ways. And, you know, unfortunately, the reality in which we're all living is giving us practice in something that we, you know, knew would come one day, didn't know exactly how or when. Many of us who think about sustainability day in and day out, um, and I think it's helping us all forge bonds and develop some resilience that we'll use going forward, including in how we think about, you know, the unfolding changes and uncertainty around climate change that are just as scientifically certainly ahead. Yeah, totally agree. I think some tactics or strategies, uh, strategies um, I have been using, for example, is definitely be aware of and be cautious. Um, you know, of current situation when I talk to multiple stakeholders across the companies um, because everyone has, you know, tough challenges to deal with at this moment, right? Whether personally or professionally. Um, so you, in a lot of programs that I have seen and um, I'm managing definitely um, just be cautious on these issues and um, always be grateful and um, talk to our when I talk to our stakeholders, um, you know, um, talk, we, we always talk about our personal lives and uh, what are the things that's going on in the world and things like that. So um, definitely just being cautious and those issues are super helpful. And definitely, I think because of the quarantine and um, the, the coronavirus, uh, we have seen a lot of transportation shut down and, um, you know, not a lot of people going outside and going to office. So we're trying to bring up the, some like silver lining and good side of this because a lot of emissions are reduced and because of those active and, you know, reduced activities. And so we're trying to um, think about how could we inspire others to discover those silver linings as well. All right, let's get into our lightning round. These questions are fast and easy. Just like the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, I don't need to tell you both because you know all about the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. You can go to salesforce.com slash platform to learn more. They're great. We love them. They've been sponsoring this show from the first episode. Check them out. Lightning round questions, Ari and Sue, are you ready? Ready. Number one, Sue, we'll start with you. What app on your phone is the most fun? Well, uh, I would say Einstein Analytics because I have a lot of That's cheating. environmental dashboards. <laughs> I, I appreciate it, but that is cheating. <laughs> Ari, what about you? Uh, that'll definitely be Khan Academy Kids. It has my two-year-old riveted. The music uh, continues to be catchy. And uh, it's amazing to have online learning on any kind of device uh, for preschool age kids. How about favorite podcast or book that you've listened to or read recently? I'm a lover of uh, The Daily, the New York Times podcast. Um, it's, it's been incredible, you know, since its inception last year. And uh, I'm always grateful when I get to, to hear a full episode uh, on the way to or from work. I miss those commutes. I would vote for Economist. It definitely helps me when I when I was in commute, and um, you know, definitely helped me catch up on those you know important news related to climate change and um, the, the the economy as well. Favorite thing to cook or eat? 
who doesn't love a great pizza? We're having about 10 a week, it seems right now. <laughs> oh, me too. I'm with you. Um, I would say tacos. Ooh. Mexican tacos, yep. See, this always just makes me hungry. I don't know why I asked these. <laughs> Final question. What advice would you have for someone in technology that is looking to get their hands around their sustainability kind of ecosystem and footprint? There are going to be incredible opportunities all over the world to uh, develop expertise around sustainability in companies. There are thousands of people that have those jobs now. There are going to be tens or hundreds of thousands of people in the very near future. So if you're interested in bringing together sustainability and technology, it's going to be an incredible ride. Um, we are one of many companies uh, that are very eager to partner with you, work with you to develop the skills that will help you uh, in those jobs from day one. We have something called Trailhead where they're learning opportunities around sustainability and soon around sustainability cloud in particular. And there are many other places as well for great training. It's going to be an incredible career opportunity for you if you want to bring together sustainability and technology. Definitely. And you don't have to be sustainability professionals. And, um, you know, to combat climate change, we need um, all types of people with all types of expertise. So it's never too late for anyone to join. Awesome. That's it. That's all we got. Thank you both for coming on and, and sharing everything. We'll be following along to Sustainability Cloud and, and all of the amazing work. Um, everybody check out One Trillion Trees, which again is just really, really cool. Um and uh, an awesome initiative. We need more trees. It's uh, it's not exactly uh, not exactly the hottest take in the world. It's just uh, pretty obvious. So everybody should check that out. Sorry, what is, is it? Trilliontrees.org or is it one t.org? Yeah, that is one t.org. So check that out, and uh, we'll we'll see everybody uh, or talk to you real soon. Thank you. Thank you. IT Visionaries is brought to you by the Salesforce Customer 360 platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Take climate action with a pre-built carbon accounting solution and gain insights into your greenhouse gas emissions. Learn more at salesforce.com slash solutions slash sustainability.